Welcome to another edition of the Grizz Den Pod. This is a Game 2 reaction episode. Grizzlies fall to the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City, 141-129. to It truly was a track meet. Um, the over-under was 219.5, and, and it was well exceeded in this game by over 30 points, actually. Um... Donovan Mitchell made his return. Rudy Gobert is now public enemy number one for Grizzlies fans. And John Morant had a record-breaking performance with the highest scoring total in a Grizzlies game in franchise history with 47 points. Thought he was going to get to 50 with a couple threes there at the, at the tail end of the game, but he was, he was unbelievable tonight, uh, but it wasn't quite enough for the Grizzlies to get the win. I have uh, three main points here um, as far as instant reactions go. The first one has to do with just the point guard brilliance in this game. Obviously, John Morant, they couldn't stop him. He was getting into the paint whenever he wanted. Everybody in from a national standpoint is going to uh, replay that Gobert block, but um, the same exact type of drive happened later in the game when John Morant got a step in the paint ahead of Gobert and whoever was guarding him at the time and, and, and had a dunk that wasn't quite as explosive as the first one would be, but it was this, a dunk all the same. Um, so uh, I, I thought that he was able to get in the paint whenever he wanted, and if that floater is falling and he has – um, you know, a couple of threes that he hits to have the defense respect him, it's going to be really hard to stop Ja. And then we know what his chops are as far as distribution and managing a game and just knowing how the flow is. And and so, uh, obviously, incredibly impressive performance by Ja. On the flip side, though, I thought Mike Conley was the MVP of the Jazz team last night. I mean – he could do whatever he wanted. It didn't matter whether it was simply scoring. He was the hub of the Jazz offense. He's so smart as a player, and it is one of those things where you truly don't – I mean, Memphis fans know uh, that Conley's uh, level of performance is elite. However – you don't feel it in the same way unless you're on the other side. And Conley's turned into a a real threat to spoil this series for an, a young Grizzlies team. Everybody points to the two stars for the Jazz and Mitchell and Gobert. Conley, though, to me is the key to the series for them because – if you were watching closely, when Mitchell gets the ball, he tends to try to create for himself, which he is skilled enough to do. However, 
if if given the choice, I think Grizzlies fans should should opt for that rather than Conley getting everyone involved and doing so at a speed in which the Grizzlies defense just can't keep up. And I just thought he was brilliant tonight. So that's my first point is just the point guard performances. Second point has to do with the Grizzlies bench. We are back to uh, the situation that we were in against the Golden State Warriors in that first or the last game of the regular season when the bench only scored 14 points. They only had 14 again tonight. I thought DeAnthony Melton and Grayson Allen on the floor is the uh, reason, honestly, that the Grizzlies lost in this one. Obviously, the Jazz played well, but the drop-off that you had for with those two players when they came in the game, and I'm just pulling up really quickly here, they're plus minus. Grayson Allen was minus 23, and DeAnthony Melton was minus 16. Uh, now, Bain was also minus 14. For If you're watching the game, though, it Melton and Grayson, especially on the defensive end, were just poor. And if they're not hitting threes, there is really no difference in them being out there versus someone else on our bench. And that's where I want to go next with this is I think it's time to start considering a Brandon Clark or, hold on to your seats, John Conchar. Uh, Both of those players have more size than Allen and Melton, and I'm not saying that you play, that you bench, you know, Allen and Melton uh, for the entire game. But what I am saying is that if they're not hitting, they're they're not doing anything defensively either. And at at least you know that Brandon Clark is going to come in and provide an energy on the floor that those two guys uh, just don't seem to have right now. And then on the Conchar front, I know that that's a stretch, but you know that he's a smart player and you know that he at least is going to um, provide a little bit more size as well as some, some IQ on the floor. And I just think that it's... It's about time to f- figure this out because uh, Melton clearly is a shell of himself, and when Allen isn't hitting shots, it's it's really difficult to justify him being out on the floor. The numbers speak for themselves in this respect. So um, I'm hoping that Jenkins at least considers uh, sitting one of those two guys. I would probably opt at this point to sit Melton just because of how frustrating it has been. And we know that Grayson at least has is a slightly better shooter uh, when he is uh, spotting up, at least in the last two or three weeks. But um, the last point here that I'll make is as much as Rudy Gobert is frustrating and is absolutely ridiculous with his flops, and he is going to – he does not know what is coming for him on Saturday in FedEx Forum. I'll just say that. But just as as I referenced Mike Conley's uh, brilliance, I mean, you can't deny Gobert's impact on the on the floor. I mean, he he truly changed the offense for the Grizzlies when he was when when the Jazz the way they play they de- the way they play defense is they funnel they funnel offenses down to Gobert. They don't. They guard the three-point line, and they'll be, um, 
they'll let you take mid-range twos, but you're going to have to deal with Gobert in the process. And I thought that him him staying him being able to stay on the floor without getting into foul trouble and the um, way in which he changed some shots at the rim um, and also, unfortunately, the way that he was able to, to just draw ticky-tack fouls took uh, our primary offense off the floor. And Ja Morant obviously had to pick up the slack a lot, which he was able to do. But he does force the Grizzlies into uncomfortable mid-range shots. And I thought his impact was definitely felt today. So um, at the same time, though, he is the least fun player uh, to root for if I were a Jazz fan, just because how can you justify some of his antics? But anyway, this is going to be such an interesting game on Saturday. I'm, I'm hoping that the forum shows out and that we can at least uh, split, you know, uh, this home stretch because this series deserves to be at least six games. So um, looking ahead, we'll have some, some keys for you, I'm sure, at a later date. But those were my instant reactions to game two. All right, Grizzden fam. Uh, some thoughts on game two. Um, you knew you could feel it was coming. You knew they were going to come out like their season was on the line because honestly, it might have been. Uh, they kind of had to win game two. Uh, if they go 0 2 at home to the eight seed going back to Memphis, that would have been just something else. Um, so you knew. I mean, you knew they were going to most likely win this game. One thing I was looking for is could we keep it close, or were we going to get blown out? Um, final score ended up looking like they kind of pulled away because they did, but the fact that we made a run uh, to start the third quarter, I thought was huge. Um, we put up forty plus points. In the third, uh, which is phenomenal against that defense, Jaw had 47 and got just lived in the paint, um, which is also really encouraging moving forward that they really don't have anyone to stop him from kind of getting to his spots. One other thing is encouraging is he's just, yeah, he's getting to his spots, hitting shots that he normally takes, right? He's not taking crazy shots. He's not just like hitting a bunch of threes. Like he's hitting open shots, open threes that he's taking and just living in the paint and getting to the rim time and time again. Uh, He shot a ton of free throws last night, which is also really encouraging. They don't really have a perimeter defender to really slow him down. Um, Considering the foul trouble, Jonas was in, Dylan was in. I like how Jenkins just rolled with him in the second half and was just like, whatever. Um, We have to have those two guys play – honestly play a ton of minutes but not only that play really well um jaron had moments again he's flashing these little spurts of moments pretty much every game but he's not really putting it together he's not consistent throughout the game we're gonna need him to do that um to have a true chance in the series again the bench really struggled 
there are times when Jenkins plays Bain, Melton, Tyus, and Grayson all at the same time. And there's never a point throughout the game that at least two starters aren't on the floor for the Jazz. We have to reciprocate that. I think we have to have at least two starters on the floor pretty much at all times. Um, Going with this, I wouldn't even call it a wing-heavy lineup. It's more of just a guard-heavy lineup when they are a pretty big team and have a lot of wings. Ingles is like 6'7". Bogdanovich is like 6'8". Royce O'Neal is pretty big. They always have at least favors or Gobert on the court. Um, we can't really match that necessarily. We really struggle in the offensive glass when that happens. They had a lot of second chance points that hurt us. All in all, though, if you're looking at the game, I think a, I think Grizz fans should be encouraged, to be honest. The fact that we fought back, uh, we made it a game, um, which they had thing. I mean, they were clicking last night, right? They shot almost 50% from three. They hit a ton of threes above their average for the season, right? If they miss you know, a few more threes in clutch moments. No telling what kind of happens in that game. They started out the fourth quarter pretty hot. I think our rotation was pretty poor to start the fourth. Um, honestly, it's it's really hard or really easy to nitpick lineups when they're not going well. And that's what my tendency is to absolutely do that. But I think it's you also got to remember we praised Jenkins when he rolled with Grayson and Tillman especially against the Warriors, and they came up really big in those spots, right? So it's hard to completely doubt him, but there are times when you're watching this, you know, our offense and defense, they are attacking Grayson time and time again when he's on defense, and he's just hemorrhaging points, which is really tough. And if he's not hitting his shot, then his, you know, his he's just limited in what he can bring to the table. Um, I'm really curious to see adjustments in Game 3. I honestly think that Jenkins is probably going to continue with the lineups that he has going. Melton is clearly struggling. Grayson is clearly struggling. Um, as you know, Parker Fleming mentioned on the Game 2 preview pod, I'm really curious to see if BC gets some run. Honestly, really curious to see if Justice gets some run. He, he kind of fits um, with this series and the fact that he can really defend on the perimeter and he's got great size and can rebound. It's just the half-court offense has really been a struggle for him. But honestly, it's a struggle for Melton right now too, Um, and even Grayson. I get that they're probably a bigger threat from three, but at the same time, like if they're not giving you anything offensively, their impact's pretty limited. Um, Really curious to see what the the adjustments are for that. Honestly, I'm kind of at the point where I would love to see BC get some run Maybe even Justice. Like if Justin get Justice gets like a five to six minute run in the at some point in the in the second quarter with like Jaw and maybe um, Dylan and Bain on the floor where you have shooting around him, um, I wouldn't hate to see that. Right, I really wouldn't. Uh, but I think you should be encouraged. You know, we've we've come home one one, which if you would have told me before the series started, I would take that regardless of how that happened. I would take that. A hundred times out of a hundred. I think the fact that we split there. And yeah, game two, they had a really great game. They had a lot of energy. Obviously, they hit a bunch of shots. Um, Game three is going to be, I think it's going to be a really, really tight, close game. Right? And those are the games we're going to have to win. 
Um, we're going to have to win on the margins, which is why it just hurts that Jaw's pretty much a one-man show. Um, Dylan's been playing great. He was in foul trouble. Jonas has been playing pretty well, too. Cannot wait to see how the forum treats Gobert. I just hope, oh, my gosh, he's the absolute worst. Like When we do our woke draft next time, he's by far number one. Um, Gobert is just the wor- absolute worst. Um, and honestly, last night it was death by Conley. Like Mike completely controlled that game. The pick and roll with him was just killer. Um, all of Gobert's baskets basically were set up by Mike. Mike orchestrated everything. I would love to see what it looks like to put a bigger defender on him. We defended him a lot with Ja last night, but we actually did make that make that move to put Dylan on Mike because I think we understood, like, hey, Mike is going to initiate everything. Also, I thought it was interesting that when the Jazz most or looked most unsuccessful in their offense, it was when basically Donovan just tried to go one on one. No offense was created, no passes, no cutting. He basically rejected several screens and just tried to go one on one and play hero ball. And that's our best. That's the best case scenario we have for getting stops, right? Because he's going to drive into an like a, a packed lane and try to throw something up. He tried to throw up some like terrible step back three on Jaw. Had no chance of going in. Um, I think we have to maybe put a bigger defender on Conley. Try to limit Conley's pick and roll because that's just really what hurt us last night. And we got to make more shots, right? Like if they're going to hit 15, 16, 17 threes, we're going to have to at least hit 10, right? We can't hit single-digit threes every game and expect to really be in most of them. There's going to have to be a game where we get open looks and we hit and we knock down shots. Um, and I think that's coming. Again, I'm still I'm still holding out for the for the Jaren three, four threes in a quarter. Really looks like old Jaron, especially from that Milwaukee game last year. I really hope that happens. I think the home crowd is going to be great. I think our I think our team's going to be so fired up to play at the Forum. Um, if y'all can get tickets, try to go. I know they're really expensive. It's worth it. Got to make Got to make these games. Um, super excited to watch Game Three. I think we got a chance. I really do. I think I think Game Three we got a really good chance to win. Um, I'm excited to see how this team responds, excited to see the adjustments because you can see they're there, right? This, this isn't like a hopeless series. This isn't, you know, a game where we played abs- like our absolute best, our peak, and still couldn't win. That's not the case. Um, there are adjustments to be made. We can play better than what we played tonight, and we still made it a competitive game, and I think that's super encouraging. Let's go, Grizz. All right, instant reactions to – Game two from Brantley. Hopefully I'm recording this in a way that doesn't sound horrible like it did last time. I'm sure that was a user error on my part, so my apologies. Um, so I guess I'll premise this by saying that the couple of things that I'm going to mention are definitely in the light of I want to win this series and think we can win this series. I'm not like coming at this from a like we're the eight seed and I don't think we can win. I... I think we can win. I think that we can we can make some adjustments and based on the performance that we're getting from from our star, like we can go toe to toe with them and we can upset the one seed. And first it just just in general, like doesn't it feel great to be in a position as a fan to just hate a team again and hate some of the players on the other team? 
Gosh, Rudy Gobert is just the worst. Can we go modify my Woat rankings? I just cannot stand him. I cannot stand his weakness, and I can't stand how much he's hyped as being this just unbelievable player. Yes, he does have impacts on the defensive side of the ball, but I just think it's exaggerated, and it just bothers me. And, man, I'm just – it just feels so good to be behind a team uh, like the Grizz right now who you truly just love and you know takes you back to those teams where you that you that we all cherish as fans if you've been a longtime Grizzlies fan and you just grow to hate the opposing playoff teams and we're here and we're experiencing this ahead of schedule and a rebuild and that just I'm not taking that for granted because I love being able to hate the other team. Um, and I guess the, the main things that, that I just want to talk about aren't just super um, revelatory, I guess you would say. I want to focus on the point guards. You can't talk about last night and just not be just unbelievably impressed by Ja and just his offensive production and scoring. And it's just so clear that he is going to be able to get to his spots and get great, great, great looks. And if he's hitting them at a percentage basis like he was last night, then we're going to be able to compete even in a game when, you know, the Jazz are shooting above their average from a percentage perspective, I think, from the three-point line and hitting them at a, at a high clip. And it just – Look, the performance from Jai last night just had me thinking this morning, like, we're, we've talked about how you never really know when your window is, and I'm not necessarily trying to say that our window is right now, but it might be close. Jai is really freaking good, and I don't want to be, I continue to use this analogy, I don't want to be like the Pelicans with AD, and just all of a sudden you look up and you haven't really maximized your talent and built around him, and then you're sort of stuck in this limbo position. So I just I just hope that, you know, the front office that we've come to just trust so much and the player, what they've drafted and surrounded Ja with, and maybe some of the underperformers that we're seeing in the playoffs and, like, what's really needed to take the next step, not just in the season next year, but in the playoffs next year. And who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, I still think we can win, and I – with the current roster, but like I'm talking about being super, super competitive and competing with the best. I just, because I think we've got our, we've got a guy who can do that. He can go toe to toe with some of the best and man, just how awesome is that to have someone like that on your team? That this is a new feeling as a Grizz fan. We've never had someone like that. And I think we've thought that he was that for us and, Last night just showed offensively he is there. And I can't wait to see what his kind of game evolves like within, you know, in game three and the adjustments that I'm sure they're going to try to make on him and how Job figures those out. But the other point guard I want to talk about is ex Grizzly Mike Conley, man, because he should be getting a lot of love for that game last night. He was the one that I was scared of. And it was just this such a weird thing to be experiencing, be, being just petrified of Mike and just seeing Mike do Mike 
things that as Grizz fans, we all just grew to appreciate so much and no one else appreciated like him driving in and creating ball movement for their players, the way that he was working with Gobert in the pick and roll and setting Gobert up for success. It just was, it just was unbelievable. And basically, you know, the, the season that he had last year where he didn't have such a high performance to see him doing this, I, you know, it's, it's hard because I want to beat him. I want to crush him, but man, he just, I was scared of him. He was the player I was scared of there. I wasn't really that scared of Donovan, even though Donovan did sort of look really, he looked pretty good in the first quarter, but they, they clearly had him on a limit, on a minutes restriction. And I'm sure Ty has talked about this because this was stuff that we were just talking about during the game as we were watching it together, that he just was sort of getting them in an offensive flow. Donovan was, that was against what was working for them last night. And there were moments where when Dylan was actually guarding Conley at, at, in certain possessions where I sort of felt like that was where we were having a better run in things where we were allowing Dylan or we were allowing Donovan, excuse me, to maybe try to win his matchup against Ja or whomever it was. Grayson at times and he was he he just he was kind of playing iso hero ball and I, I I know that we could lose that way we could lose by Donovan doing that because he is good enough to but one of the things that we've said is that like if he's really injured and not 100 percent maybe some of the, maybe you take some of his isolation type scenarios and some winnable moments um, or some, or some big moments because of just what Conley was doing to you offensively. And so I clearly just the way that we were guarding them in the pick and roll and just, you know, we know JV is not the best pick and roll defender and Conley was kind of carving them up. Like, I think that's going to be a big adjustment we're going to have to make Saturday in game three. And I'll be really curious to see what happens there. And then the, th- the third thing that I'll just touch on is this, is that it's going to be really tough for this young Grizzlies team if we go, if we are, if we play in games that were officiated like last night, we need uh, officiating to be a little bit tougher um, to allow things to fly. Last night, that was definitely not the case. And the flow of the game was just boring and terrible. But I am just... That's just going to be a key for me to continue to watch early on and just see how things are officiated. And th- the series could potentially stay chippy, and so th- they may control the game like they did last night. And that's just really frustrating for me as a fan. And ultimately, I hope that our players can adjust and can get back in a flow. You know, Dylan had a great night, even though he was so limited and was in foul trouble, and you can just tell that he was just out of rhythm. He didn't have the same level of emotion that he's historically had. And my, my final thing is to just like for the Grizz fans that are going to the game, be loud and rail on Rudy Gobert. I hope we're just chanting against him the whole game. Hope we bring it. Hope we bring that grit, that strength, that vocals. Hope we pick up this team, show them some love because, man, they deserve it. And we're going to win game three. I believe it.